Brandon Benefield, Gerard Bonner, and Diana Michelle. What's going on, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's time for the SHW Podcast. This is our wrestling. I'm B-Double Brandon Benefield, joined by the lovely Diana Michelle. And I guess you could say filling in for Gerard this week. It's the people's <laughs> captain, Gunnar Miller. Gunnar Miller, how you doing, my man? I'm doing fantastic. It is, uh, it's good to be on the show. You know, usually I'm in the other side of this. I'm the one asking the questions. I'm the one doing the hosting of the podcasting. So it's nice to be a guest. Thanks for having me on, guys. Well, it's Absolutely. good to have you. I mean, we don't get to talk much at the show, so it's good to kind of chill a minute and, and, and converse a little bit. Yeah, you know, the biggest thing with the shows, I stay off to, my, I stay off to myself. Um, you know, a lot of people like to get in there and, and, you know, mess around and talk and all that. But listen, I've got my fiance that's with me. I usually got Marcus running around. My dad and my mom are usually there. Family's there. So, like, I'm usually with them. And then, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, the, really, the reason I do this is for Marcus. You know, he's six. He loves wrestling. And, and that's the reason I'm still doing it. So, that's the reason I'm here. And that's the reason we're talking to you guys. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome, man. And uh, it's it's been a while since you came back to SHW. And a lot of – you mentioned before, like, you're usually the host of your own podcast, Chat with Gunner, and we can talk about sure. that a little bit here in uh, just a few minutes. But uh, a lot of people may know your backstory. We know your backstory, but some fans that might be watching might not be familiar with how you got in the business, how you started this sure. career in wrestling. And um, – it was 2019, November, it was SHW 14, when you made this crazy return, the surprise appearance at SHW. You had been off for what, like two years, I think, something like that? Yeah, man, it was a long time. So prior to that, you had been in the business. Let's talk about, let's just go back to the beginning. Let's rewind how you got yeah. started, how you got in the business, and what led yeah. to the little hiatus, all that good stuff. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, never mind this uh, sunburn mark I have. I was coaching all-star baseball this weekend. <laughs> And we had three games from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And I got absolutely toasted. But anyways, so great question. <laughs> um, so it, I've always been a wrestling fan. I grew up a wrestling fan. Started watching it when I was probably about eight years old, which puts me right in line with the Attitude Era. So I literally started watching like when Hogan jumped ship. Like that's when I started watching. So DX, NWO, Hogan. Like it, it was just awesome, man. Stone Cold, The Rock was getting their start. So it's a great time to become a wrestling fan, which is why a lot of 31-year-old guys and gals, I think, are professional wrestlers right now because we grew up in such a great era of professional wrestling. Um, you know, obviously kept up with it when I was through high school. Got the opportunity to get a scholarship at the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, go mocks to play linebacker, where I went down there in 2009. And I played five seasons. I redshirted my first year. Uh, and then I started the next four years for my team. Uh, by my senior year, I was elected team captain, hence the people's captain. I can Actually, I'll go ahead and tell you a story real quick if you don't guys don't know. Um, my junior year, I was selected to be captain as well because it's a vote by your peers, which is, your, you know, obviously your teammates. And uh, my head coach, Coach Huseman, told me that I wasn't allowed to be captain because my grades weren't up to par. So he vetoed that, and I wasn't allowed to be captain. But my teammates dubbed me the people's captain because they knew I was a huge rock fan. So uh, they're, they're born the people's captain. So um, from there, you know, my, my sophomore year, uh, I was painting my face up like the ultimate warrior. We played the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. Um, first game of the season, 97,000 people sell out. And the ultimate warrior saw an article that was written after the game um, where I had referenced him in the article about the reason why I painted my face. And he hit me up on Facebook. And then he went and found this video where, I had power cleaned 355 and set our school record for power clean at the time, which is still the record right now for linebackers. Um, and he just referenced that, tweeted me. We started talking. And then he asked me for my number. I was like, maybe I'm getting, like, catfished. I don't even know if this is a real thing. Right. And then I'll be damned, man. Um, Ultimate Warrior called me one day. Uh, it was like a number from, like, somewhere in Arizona, New Mexico. Can't remember. I was sitting in the dorm room with my buddies. And I was like, hey, I got this random number. I'm going to answer it. I answered the phone. Hello, Gunner Warrior here. So there went the relationship with me and the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I talked to him multiple times every week uh, for the next few years up until the time he died. I mean, I talked to him the week before he died. I told him congrats on the whole Hall of Fame and that whole deal. Wow. And, and, you know, he was eventually supposed to uh, be at my tryout in June for the WWE at, at, in Orlando because he was, you know, back in good graces with the WWE. So that was going to be really cool. 
But, um, you know, in, in college, uh, I was big into football, obviously, and big into wrestling. I, I used that persona, used that gimmick to kind of take over the media. Um, I was more so the face of the team at that time because I was local. I was a Chattanooga boy. And, you know, I, I can speak, and I don't mind being in front of the camera, and I like that type of stuff. Um, so that got me a lot of experience in front of the media and doing interviews and stuff. And then, you know, he kept promoting it and he was like, Hey man, do you want to be a a pro football player? And I was like, dude, I've broke my neck like three times now. Um, don't think professional football is for me. I'm I'm a very realistic guy. And he goes, okay, cool. What about professional wrestling? And I said, well, think about this. You got 32 NFL teams, you get 53 uh, players per roster plus practice squad. So let's just say 70 players per team. There's less, you know, roster spots in the WWE at that time. There was no AEW. There really was no competition. There was no big independent scene in 2014 um, that I think WWE is even less realistic. And he goes, listen, man, I know Vince. Um, you know, I can get in contact. Dude, the next week I'm getting recruited by Gerald Briscoe um, in the WWE. So I had my tryout lined up for December of 2013 going into my senior season. I already knew I had the WWE tryout. I was already checked out of football. I was already done with it. I was just ready to get to my tryout. Started training for it immediately. Broke my neck again uh, against App State. Uh, tackle for loss. Last play ever. I'll take it, though. Um, both arms went out for two weeks. Started doing spinal decompression. They pushed my tryout back to June. And then uh, I went to the tryout. I was there with Josh the Goods Woods, who's one of the Ring of Honor champs. He was one of the guys that got signed by WWE at the time. Uh, Dustin Mueller, who was a big uh, security guy, he's now a cop in Chicago, but he was signed. He was my roommate at the time. Um, two of the girls that got signed was uh, Zara or whatever her name was, the one that got that whole drama with Seth Rollins. And uh, Liv Morgan was there. She was one of the ones that got signed. And uh, Selena Vega, she was one of the girls there, was, was in the trial as well. So I was around really, you know, good people, guys that are talented, girls that are talented that have went on to make it. I was in the group that was told, hey, man, keep doing your thing. Uh, hit the independent scene to see what you can do. So I immediately hit the independent scene. I had my, you know, my first match that next Saturday when I got back from, from that. And I started doing it, you know, every week. And, you know, from there, hit the road, man. I, I was working for Empire Pro Wrestling in, uh, in Chattanooga, Rossville, which got a lot of good experience working with guys like Ace Rockwell, uh, Sean Tempers, Dan Wilson, Rev, Tank, um, Drew, uh, Andy, who's always at the show selling the toys, fantastic booker, man. If anybody could talk him into doing it, it'd be great for the for wrestling. I know he's not going to. And then, uh, you know, two years of that working twice a month, and then uh, they shut it down. But I was starting to kind of find my groove, and then Dan put me in contact with Jeff G. Bailey, and then I started hitting the Georgia scene. Then I started doing Anarchy, PCW, and then there comes the, the wrestling scene. And then from there, it just started, you know, you know, started rolling up. The snowball started accumulating. And uh, Scenic City, when I wrestled Joey Lynch, was probably, you know, my turning point of when everybody started to take notice a little bit. Oh, okay, he can do a little bit more than just like, be a big guy in the ring. He can actually go a little bit. And then I started taking some more bookings. And then really the match with Riddle in 2017 at Scenic City blew me up. Uh, then I started get, getting booked Black Label in Chicago. I got booked up at a show in New Jersey. Uh, I was getting flown to to Washington. I was getting flown down to Tampa. I was always in Atlanta. Um, I do Chattanooga a couple times a year. Charlotte with uh, PWX. I mean, I was I was do, I had a good little you know circuit going. And yeah. then I uh, and then I hurt my knee. I actually wrestled with a torn PCL for about four months until it eventually just blew up on me. Uh, it blew up on me. I went down for a WWN show. I think it was what, <coughs> WWN. Whoever the Evolve, like yeah, the yeah. lower tier Evolve show. I went down there, did a show, um, and then I flew back to get to Cornelia for Anarchy that the next day, and the elevation blew my knee up. I don't know what it was. I don't know why that happened at that time. So I get there. I'm supposed to have, like, a match. They're like, no match. We're going to turn you baby face. It's time for that. Fine. I've been a hill for five years, four years in Georgia. Finally turned me baby face. Crowd blows up at Anarchy. Last time I ever been there because my knee blew up, and that was when I made the announcement the next day that hey, I can't do this. I had a uh, a three match weekend coming up that following weekend, and that Sunday was going to be against Jeff Cobb. That was going to be a really big match for me. Uh, he was doing New Japan stuff, and and then all this happened. Well, the next question probably 
I mean, I probably let you guys talk and ask questions. But the next question is, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm just telling you what this is what you guys yeah. want to know. So, like, um, it just kind of gets it out of the way. So after that was over, um, I had time off. Since I was four years old, I've never had a break. Every weekend, I've been doing all stars baseball, football, basketball, training, working out, uh, all the way up through high school, doing that whole thing. I played baseball and football, and then in the winters, I always worked out. And then when I got to college, it was always, you know, work out all year round because college football is a job. People can make a joke out of all they want and say college football is, college football is a job, man. Um, and then so – and then when I got done, I was pro wrestling. I was training. I was doing it. I was, uh, you know, literally – I was working logistics. I'm, I'm in logistics. We can talk about that too. But I was working at a company called Lipsy Logistics because they allowed me to do pro wrestling because the president of the company is phenomenal and he, I love him, you know, great man, great mentor of mine. Um, and, you know, he would let me travel. So I would work, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week in logistics, a very high pressure industry as a broker. And then I would usually wrestle locally on Thursday and then I'd start traveling on Friday. I'd travel till Sunday. I'd usually get home early Monday morning, like five, six o'clock Monday morning. And then I would just go straight to the gym, straight to work. And I would start it over again. I did that for four years. Um, and I was really, really trying to make this. Like I, I was put in uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated in 2018 in the June issue as the uh, one to watch. Every person that has been listed in that article as the one to watch has signed to a major promotion, I think, ever in the history of PWI, except for me. Because um, that's when my knee blew up, and that article was actually written right before it happened, even though I was wrestling while it was happening. Wow. And then, for the first time ever in my life, I had downtime. I uh, I had nothing to do. I was sitting in my apartment. Uh, I was living alone. I was just working, working out a little bit, you know, just trying to keep from hurting. And then I realized, what is all this, man? Like, what have I been doing? Like, I'm almost at that time. I guess I was 20 seven 26 27 years old and I was like what am I doing man like I've I'm just kind of you know doing whatever people want me to do traveling all these cities I'm not making any money I'm losing money like I I'm, I made money in my job so I was able to travel to these places and do the things but I don't travel with people um not that I'm mean or anything I mean I, nobody I don't think anybody's ever said that I've been mean to them at the show um I just I'm a loner I'm uh, to be as you know like pro wrestling I am and the sales guy that I am, I'm an introvert, man. Like I, when I'm not having to be on, I don't want to be on. I don't like, I don't want to have to be pretending to be whatever I need to be like, in a car ride for eight hours. I just want to <laughs> listen to an audio book or a podcast and chill. Um, so I traveled a lot on my own or I traveled with my dad. And then when I didn't have that, I, you know, it was just a lot of working out on my own. And then I started looking at Twitter and then uh, I started seeing what all these guys were posting and I know what everybody's talking about in the locker rooms. And I'm like, well, maybe, I should just say some of the things that people are talking about in the locker rooms and see what happens. Well, that backfired. Um, you know, I, I started, uh, I did it as a joke. I literally tweeted this one thing. And if I had my old Twitter, we could pull this up. I tweeted, I said, I'm about to piss a lot of people off, but this is all a work and a joke. And then I started saying everything. Um, and it did, it pissed everybody off. Probably the one that pissed the most people off first and nobody really knows about is I said that, uh, uh, no offense here. I said that all the girls want to wrestle really good guy wrestlers so they can actually have a good match because all the good girl workers are in the WWE. That didn't go over too well, and I understand that. Um, but uh, other than that, it was all just kind of for fun. And, like, all these guys were, like, talking about how they were teaching people how to be wrestlers and teaching people behind the scenes and all this stuff and giving people advice on Twitter. I was just doing the opposite as a parody, and everybody took it real serious. And that was like the beginning of the downturn of, I guess, my uh, perception in everything. But that kind of catches us up to almost going into Southern Honor. If you guys mm -hmm. have any questions about the main controversy, I guess, that was coming <laughs> up, which is the whole Marco stunt deal, um, I can touch on that real quick, unless y'all want to say something real quick. You, you can if you want. I'm very familiar with what happened. And if, yeah. if you want to explain it to the audience, I don't even know, honestly, if the Southern Honor audience now – now that you've been there for a couple of years, I'm not even yeah. sure if a lot of people would even know, know about that or remember, you know what I mean? So if, if you want to touch on it, you can. Yeah, might as well. I mean, that's part of this, a huge part of the story. Um, so before I got hurt, there was no AEW, not even thought of. Like Cody wasn't even working the indies yet. Um, so 
if a few months go by, Cody's working the Indies and AEW starts coming around. They have their first, you know, all out or all in pay-per-view or whatever it is. And then they start getting some traction. Well, I've dude, I've worked shows with Marco. He was doing the Nashville show for SUP. Um, I've ran across several different times. Honestly, the first time I ever saw him, I thought that somebody let their kid in like to the ring. And like, he, I was like, how's this kid at a bar working a show? Like, and that was a conversation me and my dad had. Then I realized Marco and the cool kid, you know, whatever we talked or whatever. Um, no, no, no ill will towards Marco whatsoever. And then, uh, you know, I'm still injured. And this whole thing happened with Scott Hensley too. So we can talk about that. The scenic city asked me to come back a little bit prematurely. I wasn't ready yet. I was still a little injured and they wanted me to come back to the scenic city rumble and they were going to do it at my high school. Mm-hmm. And the reason they were trying to get me to come back is because they're doing it at my high school. And they were trying to play my coach to get me to come back to do this thing. Wow. And I was like, coach, I'm not doing it. Um, I haven't told them yes. I'm not ready. And then they announced me for the show. Well, then I lost my mind. I was like, I, then I like let everything out through text messages about Scott. That was a whole big deal. That kind of blew up me and Scott. Um, me and Dylan are still cool. And uh, uh, Matt. Yeah, Matt. That It kind of blew that whole deal up from, from action. And listen, I really like those guys. Like I, they did a lot for me, but also I did a lot for them. Um, they rode with me to shows, you know, like I, I was the main event at their shows. Um, I was, you know, maybe the first or one of the first main events of action wrestling. Um, you know, the, the big match they wanted to have happen was me versus, uh, Austin theory that never happened. Um, but at the end of the day, man, all that happened. And then I put a sour taste in my mouth, and I was like, now I'm really pissed. Now I'm not even going to come back to wrestling. I'm done with it. Um, and then the whole Marco Stunt thing came out. Here's what happened with Marco Stunt. My mom's having surgery, and I'm sitting in the waiting room with my sister, and I see that Marco Stunt gets signed. And I go, man, like, I wish that maybe AEW was around, like, in 2016, 2017, when I was catching my steam. Maybe I could have got a break. That would have been really cool. But now they're signing a five foot two, 115 pound soaking wet Marco stunt. But obviously I said it in a different type of way of slapping the face to real athletes. I think that's what really pissed everybody off is when you come into the pro wrestling world and you, and you use the word real or fake, that's really what pisses people off. But at the end of the day, man, like there's not many division one athletes in professional wrestling. And the ones that are, are probably signed or about to be signed. And that was my feelings on the matter. Um, so yeah, I said what I said about Marco. That blew up. I had zero clue. You know how many positive things I've said in my entire life? You know how many nice things I've said about people in my entire life? You know how many, like, times I've went out on a limb and been like, this guy's really good. This guy should get booked. This is why. And, like, kind of been iffy about it but wanted to give this, get this guy over. You know how many times I've done that? And then the one time, the one time that I take a dig at somebody, it hits every wrestling website known to man, and everybody's calling me out from AEW, but guess who didn't call me out? Not one person from WB called me out, and the people that I do know from WB all texted me or called me and told me that I was not necessarily right, but that they had my back. Um, so all that happened. I was done with the wrestling at that point. Completely done with it. Wasn't going to deal with it. And then I met Gary Land. Uh, Gary and I kind of met through the whole Scott Hensley controversy because Gary was like, oh, I like the way he just handled that. That's awesome. Like, if you're going to do something, do it the right way. And I like the way Gunner did it. So, and Gary's like that. He likes controversy. He lives in that chaos. Wait, I don't really like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really like it that much. I, mean, I can deal with it, but I, I'm not a big controversy guy. That's why when that whole message started blowing up, I backed off, man. I literally didn't respond to one person. I, I deleted my Twitter. I deleted my Instagram. I deleted my Snapchat. Um, I deactivated my Facebook. I got rid of everything, and I just went off the radar for a while. And then, uh, and then Gary kind of talked me into coming back to wrestling. And originally, the plan was to come back with Jeff G. Bailey, which kind of folded the literally the day of the event, which almost made me want to quit as well again because I love Jeff and wanted to do this thing with Jeff because we ended prematurely, and I thought that he deserved that. Um, and then November happened, and here I come, and I come out and beat up a couple guys, and then the next month we've got the the Blanco Loco match, and uh, yeah, man, here we are. It's a few years down the road, doing it about once a month, and the only reason I'm still doing it, I swear on my life, is because there's a six-year-old kid named Marcus that will not let me stop. 
Um, wow. The kid is obsessed with wrestling. I'm talking about obsessed with wrestling. That's all he does. It's wrestlers, pro wrestling, TV, YouTube, what, everything, dude. So that kind of catches us up to why I'm at Southern Honor and how we're here. So open the floor. I'm ready. Maybe we can go longer. In <laughs> Diana? Go ahead, man. I don't even know what to say. I mean, everything I want to ask is like done. Well, I will say Gunner's one of the, the great kind of uh, guests on a podcast because you just wind him up a little, boom, and then you're, you're good. For- yeah, man. <laughs> but I love it. That's but good. I, knew, I, mean, I knew, just let it all out. And I knew you would be because I know you ha- you host your own podcast chat with Gunner. So uh, yeah. I knew this is right up your uh, in, in your wheelhouse, so to speak. But you mentioned uh, your son being the main reason you come back and, uh, and, and continue week to week or month to month, I should say. But you said Marcus is how old? Six? He's six, so he was four when we came over there. Okay, so when you – I was trying to put the math together there. So when you were done with wrestling, what year was that again? So I got injured in uh, June 2018. Okay, okay, because what I was going to ask, I was curious, had he seen you before wrestling? Is this, like, new to him uh, when you came back no. to Southern Honor? Yeah, so this is probably – breaking news um maybe well not breaking news but you guys probably don't know so marcus is tia's tia's son um okay i met i met tia this is why i love that i got injured and was able to step away the best thing that came up about it so when i got hurt i was finally home right now i get to like live an actual life uh that's when i met tia and <laughs> we've been together ever since we literally since the day we met we've been together ever since um, probably haven't been more than, I don't know, five days apart, maybe three, honestly, since I met her. Wow. That was a little over four years ago. And uh, so, you know, Marcus was just turning three, like just turned three when I met him. Uh, and she held him away from me a little bit because she didn't want to just introduce him to anybody. So, you know, wow. I met her, you know, probably in like that May, June time. And then we started really hanging out probably like you know, December, but from December on, it was on. And then she let me meet him uh, on Super Bowl Sunday that year, which would have been 2019. Um, so that's our anniversary, me and him, is Super Bowl Sunday every year. It's going to be the first time I ever met him. And, yeah, no, he had never seen me wrestle. He'd never known what wrestling was. He didn't even know anything about it. He was just a sweet, innocent, young, you know, <laughs> just cute, cute little boy. And now he's running around crotch chopping and we got to watch him doing stone cold stuff and whatever else happens at the house. But uh, yeah, man, he had never seen a show, never done anything and didn't even really like it at first when I first started coming down there because he didn't know what to think of it. But now like, I mean, we'll be at home. He's calling spots. We're running matches. He's got his own stuff. So yeah, man, he's, he's all about it. And to see other fans give you a hard time and then give him a hard time for being your kid. And then he gives it right back to him. That trips me out every time. I look forward to seeing him react to all that because he is so about some gunner. It, it yeah, so I, I, I don't get to see a lot of that. I try to pay attention out there as much as I can. I don't get to see a lot of that, but Tia will tell me and mom and dad will tell me. They'll be like, so there's like this whole old man group that's in that yeah. little section they always yeah. sit in, and they all hated me when I first came to Southern Honor. And the reason they cheer me now and the reason they started to cheer me even when I was Hill is because Marcus was yelling at them when they would be booing me in that little section. So they just started cheering for me because of Marcus. So I need more him around. That's I was going to say, I, well, since Jeff G. Bailey isn't here, you could just use Marcus as your manager and, you know, yeah, come to the ring with you. Who knows? <laughs> Dude, uh, he, I tell you what, man, he's, uh, if he wanted to stick with this and start at a young age and do it, I, I mean, I'm all for it. You can do whatever you want to. He'd probably be all right. I'll be honest with you. He'd probably be all right. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, so a question about, you talked about when you were a heel and now that you're a face, do you have a preference? I know you said your early part of your career for years, you were a heel in Georgia uh, and then they turned your face before you got injured. But do you have a yeah. preference one way or the other? Oh man, you know, <laughs> it's uh, extremely easy for me to come across as a heel. And, you know, I'm an extremely <laughs> nice guy. Like in, I guess I say in the real world, like I'm a, really nice like i'll get i'll do anything for anybody um i'll go out of my way to you know do whatever i need to do to, to help someone who's in need or uh, to make somebody feel a bit better or try to bring some positivity to somebody's life or just send a message like hey man what's up you good um but something about my face something about my face and my look comes across especially with the beard maybe 
um, comes across as like, that guy's a dickhead. Like he's a heel. Um, and even when I was a face, when I first started, like people liked me because I guess I was the athlete. But then when they started seeing the way my work, my, I always worked kind of like a heel anyways, because my favorite, I always emulized my, my favorite wrestlers anyways, uh, which are all athletes. I took literally a move from every, you know, football player that transitioned to pro wrestling. That's my move set. It is what it is. Um, and then, but I wanted to like honor those guys that had been football players and made it to the next level because that's what I am. And, um, much easier to be a heel it's so much easier to be like hey dude shut up than it is to be like hey please cheer for me you know yeah, like so much yeah. easier to be a heel <laughs> so you talk about some of the guys you emulated i know you mentioned the rock earlier uh you talked about ultimate warrior you used to paint your face any other guys or any other like big things that stand out to you from that 90s era you know uh attitude era late 90s that uh like favorite moments favorite wrestlers back in the day oh man that's such a hard question. And I know you guys ask that to everybody probably like <laughs> who's your favorite wrestler, top three wrestlers, all this stuff. There's so many different categories you can throw it into, you know, obviously the ultimate warriors up there because, you know, I had a relationship with him and he yeah. was like a mentor of mine from a distance, but I didn't ever get to watch the ultimate warrior wrestle until like after he wrestled. I get to watch old videos. Yeah, man, the rock, like I got to watch the rock become the rock. And then I, I've been able to watch The Rock become the, the Rock, even more The Rock now as as an adult. And how anyone can say that he's not the best thing to ever step in the ring and then to cross over to any other medium, they're just lying to you. Like, you can say Hogan or Flair or even Batista or Austin or even Triple H or Orton, maybe even Ambrose when you're looking at, like, guys that have transitioned in, over to movies and Jericho in, in, like, rock and roll but you could add all those guys up together. They do not do what the rock does on a yearly basis. Like the guy's incredible. He has the number one tequila brand. He has the number one energy drink. He has a digital media company. He has a production company. He's the number one movie star, even during COVID when there wasn't movies. Um, And he could come back right now and be one of the top wrestlers. The guy's incredible. So the rock by far is number one. Yeah, and I know I've seen your uh, social media posts, but and I've been watching it too, but the show Young Rock, you're enjoying that, obviously. <laughs> I love the show. I love that he's putting like a comedic spin on it, but also probably telling you the truth, like yeah. probably telling you yeah. like legit stories. So, and you know, he's running it. So he's being able to, I love it. He's being able to tell the story of himself with him in the show without him having to do it. And he's telling it the way he wants. It's an autobiography, man, just in a, a TV series. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, uh, it's been so much fun to have you on here. And we could go on for days and days talking to you about all these stories about your past and coming through the wrestling business. But before we let you go, because I know we're about to run yeah. out of time here, you've got a big match coming up mm-hmm. that you set the stipulation for at SHW40 yeah. on June 10th. Now, I'm going to yeah. tell you, a, a, I guess it was a few months ago, I think you had come out and you said that you basically put down deathmatch wrestling. You're not a big fan. If people are, yeah. then that's their thing, whatever. But it's Southern Honor Wrestling. That's not really what we do here. And I got to be honest, right. I'm not that big into deathmatch wrestling either. And I know a lot of people are. Sure. So it's no shade yeah. to them. But um, all of a sudden, you come out last month, and now you're going to give Tank a deathmatch. Like, what made you decide <laughs> that you wanted to uh, – to, I don't I don't want to say you gave in, but I, I don't know. What happened there? Like, you all of a sudden decided – Wait, to- first – have you ever done a death match before? Uh, um, okay. Yes, on paper, but no. Um, <laughs> I've so do y'all know who Brad Cash is? Yes. Brad Cash? All right. So I did a death match with Brad Cash at Anarchy that wasn't really a death match. Like there was no light. It was a hardcore match. Put it that way. Okay. Um, and it was so the the heat was out. So the eight like it. It was freezing cold in that building, like literally like 20 degrees. Surprise, dude, surprise. I, wore, <laughs> dude, I, I, I refused to wear, like, I wore a jacket to the ring. I was like, it is way too cold. No, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a hoodie to this ring, and I wrestled in a hoodie. Um, so I did one with him, and I had a real big, like, no-holds-barred match the last show ever at Empire that dealt with, like, some thumbtacks and tables and walls and stuff like that, but not what you would call a death match. So here's my thoughts on that. Um, I think it, and I hope this goes 
everywhere to every single deathmatch wrestler. I don't give a shit. I think it is completely stupid to get into the ring with someone and try to hurt them for real. All right. Take away all, you know, the, the uh, theatrics of professional wrestling and whatever it is like our job in pro wrestling is to get in a ring and tell a story and to take care of the person that we're in the ring with. That's our number one job. Nothing else matters. If you get the crowd into it, that's a plus. If you get over, that's a plus. If you get your story over, that's a plus. But the number one responsibility as a professional wrestler or a sports entertainer, whatever you want to call it, is to take care of the person that you're in the ring with. Number one deal. So this deathmatch wrestling, I think, you know, makes it a lot harder on people. Now, obviously, I know that some of the guys taking the stuff are wanting to do this, and they're wanting to gig, and they're wanting to do all the stuff to, to get that reaction, and that's cool. But it's the ones that I have a problem with that go in there and actually try to hurt people. I know that it's happened. I've seen videos of it happening, and I promise you, it would not happen with me. And I would give anything in my life for someone to get in the ring and try to hurt me. I would give anything for that to happen. Now, to get off that subject, Tank is a legend when it comes to deathmatch wrestling. I love Tank. Um, yeah, we're having our differences right now at Southern Honor, but Tank and Rev love those guys, came up and wrestling with those guys, have traveled with those guys. I've mentioned that several times in promos. Um, you know, Tank retired. I was at Tank's retirement match. He got beat by Matt Riddle, and then I got beat by Matt Riddle on the, you know, the next night, and <laughs> I was there. I saw that. Uh, I thought that was really going to be his, his farewell. And then he come back for a couple of things. And then he's, you know, he's kind of blowing up again right now in deathmatch wrestling, taking some shows up at, up North and all these different places. And deathmatch wrestling is becoming like the punk rock version of pro wrestling right now. Um, they have this niche audience. It's like a thousand people worldwide. I'm sure it's more than that. It's like a thousand people worldwide. They're just die hard about this. And they'll do whatever it is. Um, I'm just not a fan. One, I don't like bleeding. Two, I don't like uh, scars anymore. I've got enough scars. I've got, I mean, look at my, like, so this finger is my ring finger. Like, the, the, the thing's been broke since, like, it's all messed up from football. Um, I got scars all over my head from stuff. I've been, you know, busted open the hard way, not on accident, more than I have been gigging and stuff. So, like, I'm just not a fan. I don't like hurting myself. Like, if you're like, hey, Gunner, ride this bicycle down the road, I'd be like, no, I might fall off. I don't want to ride that bicycle down the road. I don't like getting hurt. Um, so, yeah, it's not like that. And then, I think Tank is at a point in his career where he's wrestling some guys that aren't able to give him their best or get the best out of him. And as a friend of him, as a guy that loves that man and respects that man, I mean, he's our undertaker. Um, I want to give him the best possible match, fight, death match whatever it is that he can possibly have at this point in his career mm -hmm. and i'm confident enough in my ability to know that i can do that and then you throw in the story and i'm, I'm being very I'm, I'm i'm not even playing the story right now like um th this is very important to me i don't like a lot of things don't motivate me anymore i do a lot of this because marcus is young and i want him to you know enjoy it like i don't even know if this is a match i want him to be at I haven't decided yet. We haven't talked about that. Um, because this is going to be the uh, – I don't want to, like, hype it up too much and not deliver, but I know it's going to. Like, this will be the craziest thing that Southern Honor has ever seen. Um, I, don't, I don't do something and do it half-ass. Like, I'm not going to say I'm going to do a death match and I'm going to do a hardcore match. Like, if we're going to do a death match, we're going to do a death match. And I'm going to give Tank all the death matches I know. For this whole, I don't watch film anymore on wrestling. This whole month, all I've been doing is watching deathmatch wrestling. Wow. All I've been doing watching all of Tank stuff. All I've been doing is watching like old Cactus Jack stuff, old Terry Funk stuff. Like I ain't worried about these new deathmatch wrestlers that are a buck fifty pounds going around hitting people with light bulbs. I'm talking about legit badasses that have been doing this for a long time, like King of the Deathmatch, that type of stuff. Um, I've been watching those guys, and I want to honor them. When I do things, I want to honor people. It's professional wrestling is only here because of the people that came before us. And a lot of guys got to quit working, worrying about like how many views and followers and likes and opportunities and dark matches and uh, uh, getting signed and all this stuff. Dude, honor the people that came before you every time you step in that ring. That, that's it. That's all it is. And for me, this time, I get to honor deathmatch wrestlers. I'm not talking about these new age deathmatch wrestlers that are doing it cool because it's trendy. I'm talking about 
the legends of deathmatch wrestling. And Tank is a legend of deathmatch wrestling. Now let's get into the story. So Tank wants to beat me up. Rev wants to get involved. These guys want to come in. They want to ruin my whole deal at Southern Honor. I've had numerous title shots. I, I, pro I probably have the most title losses in Southern Honor history. I don't know if there's a, um, hey, a stat for that. I, I, you guys should look that up. GB's better with the stats, and he I definitely that, would be able to tell I, you. I thought up. that was the case, but I didn't really want to bring it up. I thought it maybe it was a sore subject. So, uh, so I, I probably had the most title losses at Southern Honor. Now, I don't necessarily think I'm at a point in my career where I have to have a belt to get anything that I do over, not to be cocky about that, but just, I mean, just listen to the reaction of the crowd. Now, if, if I needed the belt, I would, I would say I do, but I don't think I do at this point. So I can just have really cool stories, and that's the, that's the best part. Of my, like my match, like the whole thing with Corey. That was a year, you know, but we played off of it for like two years and then we have a really good match. Same thing with Tank. We've been doing this now for like, what, four or five, six months. I mean, all the way back to the Rumble Jack, maybe eight, ten months. So, I mean, this is almost a year about, about to get a little bit of payoff right here. And uh, I think that it's really good. I think that the match is going to be awesome. I think that, it, you know, some of the young kids might get a little nervous about it. I'd maybe keep them at home. Um, but I think if, uh, if you want to see a really good main event, that is different that you'll never see ever again in the history of Southern honor wrestling. You should come out to the show this month. Maybe that's why it's on a different Friday. Maybe, you know, everything's making it make sense. That it's going to be a big deal. I hope a lot of people show up. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to give it my all because I love the Southern honor crowd. Uh, whether they cheer me or boo me, whatever they're doing is what they're supposed to be doing. And I appreciate that. And uh, you guys do a fantastic job. I just want to say thank you to you guys. Um, the voices you guys have and, and the way that you're able to get the stories over through the commentary. I go back and watch the, the shows. Um, you do a fantastic job. There's not one person in Georgia that touches you guys. Um, as far as the announcing, uh, uh, for, the, for the ring announcing, nobody in Georgia touches Southern Honor Wrestling. Like, I, I don't – who's calling me? I'm getting a phone call. Anyways, so um, – right, right, right when you're putting us over, you disappear. Yeah, put me over. Like, oh, my God, he's gone. Oh, no, oh, no, he's gone. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, that was great, though. That was awesome. That would well, I, he may try to call us back here. I know he was on a time limit, and so yeah. we only had him for a limited amount of time because he is a He's already over his time a little yeah, bit. He, he is a busy What a cool thing for him to say. And it's true. I mean, nobody touches us. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to deny it. But, uh, <laughs> no, that was awesome to have him on here. He may jump back in. I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, but if not, uh, yeah, that was – it was cool to hear from him because, like you said, I mean, we, we briefly chit-chat – at the shows and like he even mentioned like he's honestly when i see him there it's usually right before showtime and i'm just able to say hey gutter what's your weight tonight and it's like he hollers and it's like damn that's it yeah, yeah. so i and, don't uh, actually get the yeah and he shows up with his family usually like if maybe it's yeah. his parents or his or, or uh, marcus or tia show up with him then he's usually kind of hanging with them so it's cool to actually have an actual extended conversation with him right. and get a little backstory from story time with Gunner, basically. That yeah, was pretty and, and a He lot needs of more time. Stuff. He needs an hour and a half so he can just get all this stuff out. Well, so the thing I is, had so much too, I want to say. I want to ask him about the Corey match. I want to go into what's going on with Tank. I want to, oh my gosh. Yeah, he brought up that Corey match and I wanted to tell him that was one of yeah. my favorite matches in yes. the history of Southern Honor. Um, yes. Such a great match. on, And it was to cap off such a long story that they told over the course of that year so right um, and even though that cool. wasn't a death match it was a hardcore match and it was brutal and yeah. i did want to exaggerate that a little bit but yeah well in case he doesn't come back i guess we'll go ahead and try to wrap this thing up but before we go i do want to mention that this week we did hear about oh hang on one second hang on one second here he comes he's gonna <laughs> rejoin us here maybe it says connecting i see I was like, should I edit this all together? You know what? We're just going to leave it in because this is how it goes, folks. Oh, oh, it disconnected again. Oh, well. We'll try to, we'll try to get it back. But um, <laughs> what I was going to say was we had uh, a few matches that were announced this week. Of course, we already know about two of them. We knew about yeah. the Gunner versus Tank in a death match. We knew about the championship match. But three more were announced this week. One of them, Dylan, is going to be going one-on-one -on -one with Joe Black. Now, Brooklyn is kind of doing this, I, I assume, as like a punishment because anybody having to face Joe Black, I mean, that's basically a punishment right there. And uh, Joe Black just so happens to be the guy, I think, solely responsible for Dylan losing the match against Cruel. 
because well, had Joe I not say come out when he did. I would say he had a huge part in it, but I do believe Brooklyn had a big, 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 big part in that as well. Well, that the, too, but I just big. know Dylan was like this close to winning that match. Oh, yeah. Lights go out, come back on, Joe Black takes him out. All he had to do was tap, but oh, yeah, so Joe is in a completely crazy mindset right now. I mean, with everything that has been going on, especially yeah. with the other promotion that happened, you know, everybody, I don't want to bring it up, but all that that happened. And I mean, he's just in a completely different, hey, we'll oh, go back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just told Diane. Back. Yeah, you're back. Yeah, yeah I just told totally. Diane. I said, of course, it's going to be right when you're putting us over. And then you, cut <laughs> all, you cut off. But uh, you are sideways. I don't know if that'll. And he's frozen. Can you hear us? <laughs> oh, I can hear you. There you there are. There you go. Uh, cool. Sorry. Hey, there's Marcus. Hey. hey. Making the cameo. See you. How are you? Good How are you? All right. Well, we're wrapping okay, it up anyway, but, but go ahead. Where were you? Uh, no, I'll get back to uh, putting you guys over. So, no, y'all do a fantastic job um, with everything that involves when it comes to Southern Honor Wrestling. There's really no other promotion that I've ever been a part of, not just in Georgia South, that does that aspect of it as good as you guys do. Um, I'm not just saying that because I'm on the show, like, you know, but I, I, I think I've said enough things these days. I'm very opinionated that if I didn't like what you guys did, I'd tell you. Um, Appreciate but, uh, what do you mean about it? I'd be giving you like constructive criticism. Like there's nothing to criticize. I think you guys do a fantastic job of working over at Southern Honor Wrestling. I'm, um, you know, I don't think about wrestling too much when I'm not around, but when I am around, I always say, Ooh, we're trying. We're trying, folks. <laughs> he's, he's, we got a frozen screen and a choppy audio, but we're, we're trying. Oh, we lost him again. Bless his heart. I, lo I love he's that he tried. He's moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that he tried to get back in touch with us, so that was cool. There he goes but, again. Uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. All right, we're back. I'm so, listen, no, I'm so sorry. If we want to do this again, we can, I can do this again tomorrow. You're good. You're um, good. This is real life, man. Okay. This is real life. This is real life, dude. This is this is the life of having to, you know, work full time, run around with a kiddo. He's been with me all day at work too, by the way. So, uh, uh, school's out and, and all star baseballs and kindergarten. Man, it's crazy these days. But uh, anyways, so like I was saying about like I didn't. I always like I don't really think about wrestling anymore, other than when I do it. But when I get there, man, the whole ride home, I'm always like, man, I love this. I really do love this. I love being in the ring. I love being. Uh, in there with the crowd, and uh, you know, I, I love just walking over to, to y'all's table and just giving you fist bumps, you know, as, as the match is over, or like as yeah. the match is starting, or whatever it might be. So, you know, it's been around. I can go on for days. Job you guys do, but I'll, I'll show. <laughs> well, look, because I know uh, we were we were running. Short on time, anyway, and it's getting a little choppy as it is. But I do want to just thank you for coming on with us. Yes, and we'll wrap it up here. But uh, thanks for coming on, and we look forward to seeing you on June 10th, SHW 40, and uh, we'll see uh, the crazy match coming up with Tank. Hey, check this out. How about since this was a, a bust, other than the first few minutes of me talking the entire time, <laughs> how about we get you guys on chat with Gunner, um, and hopefully we can work out a little radio static and have a good show, and we can interview you guys. Hey, that works for me, man. I love it. Sure. All right. We'll figure it out. All right. All right. Well, hey, appreciate you guys having me on. Yes, sir. Right, Thank you. Thanks. Bye, y'all. Have right, a good night. You. Yep. You too. Bye. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. <laughs> That's Radio how we do it here. We're, uh, we're we're keeping it real. This is real life, folks. Sometimes it's I mean, permiss, you know, you never know. It is what it is. I mean, you could, I could be yelling at my kid for turning the air conditioner on high. I usually look forward to hearing Owen in the background either sneezing or dropping something or something going on. He's been doing more than sneezing today, and I've threatened his life. <laughs> oh, coming out the other end, eh? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I mean, it was his last day of school. He's just chilling right hey, now. Hey, you know what? You got to let loose. Finally <laughs> relax. School's out for the summer. That's right. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, well, thanks again to Gunner uh, for joining us. I know he was like, like we said, he's very busy, and uh, it's all you know. It happens. Technical issues. We're in the COVID era where it's like everybody's on Zoom. Everybody freezes up from time to time. It gets a little glitchy here and there, but it's all good. 
we got a lot of great stuff. He him taking the time out though, because he had a lot yeah. of information, a lot of. I, I mean, I didn't know a lot of that stuff, and I mean, I heard some yeah. things, but I didn't know exactly what had happened. And I mean, it's good I didn't have to ask. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, very cool for him to come on. And I am still, like I told him, and we've talked about this before off air, Diana, with Gerard. I just still cannot believe that he he challenged Tank to a death match. That just blows my mind. Tony, we didn't get to get into it too much, but I think he's got plans. He's got something up his sleeve. And like you said, he's wanting to he's wanting to pay um, I guess homage to the to the ones who came before and those death match guys were well and here's what's interesting is that I'm all about, you know, like Terry Funk, Mick Foley. Two absolute legends. Now, I always yep. have considered Foley one of my favorites. However, mm -hmm. he was one of my favorites when I started watching in the late 90s. So he had already done all the Japanese deathmatch stuff. And he was like a little sillier with the Mr. Sacco and all the yep. silly stuff. But just he, was still, he was still crazy. But I never really I, well, I never really saw it until going back years later watching tapes of the deathmatch stuff and going, right. holy crap, that's the kind of stuff he used to do? Like, I had no idea. And um, so it's interesting that Gunner, of all people, somebody who is not a big Deathmatch fan, has been spending the past month studying and watching these old tapes just to prepare for this match. So I'm, as, as much as I'm not normally a Deathmatch fan, I am very intrigued about this match and very curious to see what yeah. exactly happens here. I mean, everybody that Tank has faced so far in Southern Honor has taken the skewers, and I'm really wondering if that's going to happen. I don't want to see it, though, but... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, we'll see. But uh, what I was going to say before uh, he came back on with us real quick is we did hear about three more matches that were announced this week. One uh, we just touched on was Joe versus Dylan James. And that's going to be uh, a great match. You know, Dylan's got revenge on his mind. I, I feel like Brooklyn put him in this match almost as like a punishment because she said, and we, saw, we saw it on social media. She's not going to fire him, but her mm -hmm. goal now is to make his life miserable. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> putting anybody in a match with Joe Black is basically punishment, like I mentioned earlier. However, Dylan, you know, is he's been distraught like ever since losing that match. I mean, that's his company that he created. You know, that's that's his baby. And so the fact that yeah. uh, they they took his place and he, he you know, he's gonna him have out to go job. through everything. It's kind of an MJ of uh, what a CM Punk thing that they were doing, where he was putting him through all these different, all the different things. trials and stuff. So yeah, we'll see. trials that's and really what I'm doing. Yeah, so we'll see what happens here. I don't know, but I know Dylan will have revenge on the mind because, like I said, Joe Black, you're right, not solely responsible. However, a big reason why Dylan lost that match, I feel like. So he's got revenge in mind, and we'll see what happens. But another match that was announced was. Uh, well, a match we've seen before, but it's been the, the seeds of this feud have been brewing for the last few months. And it's uh, Co uh, uh, Carly Bravo, which this is becoming the Carly Bravo show. If you it ask really him, yes, a bunch of people. I, I like that shirt, by the way, the Carly Bravo show shirt. Haven't got one yet. <laughs> and Jordan Kingsley, uh, SHW day one. And um, these two, they've already put on some great shows before but now they're going to be having another match again they they both kind of it seems like carly keeps getting into jordan's business and then jordan kind of gets into carly's business and and uh i'm just interested to see where this feud heads but uh, another chapter it's like be carly written. he doesn't feel like he has anything to prove because he's not the replacement but at the same time he keeps jabbing and keeps jabbing at jordan you know he's he's got to feel like He's not quite got his place, or maybe he's just trying to knock Jordan out altogether. I don't know, but he he's got he's picking a fight, and he's yeah. he's gonna have a fight come his way. It's gonna well, be right now, up. right now Jordan is uh, undefeated so right. far this this year, and you got somebody like Carly who feels like he's gonna come in and just take that top spot right away, and so you know both guys, and that should be. I mean, he beat the savior, right? So I mean, he's got some clout. What a huge uh, feather in the cap for anybody. And right. somebody coming just in their I guess, technically second year in the business to be able to beat somebody like David Ali on his way out yeah. and kind of kind of ruin his farewell match almost, you know. So, um, but yeah, that's going to be a heck of a match, and I can't wait to see that one. But uh, and then, um, oh no, I'm forget. Oh, how could I forget this one? The you two one. the two behemoths. We're going to finally see this. This is a match that's probably like six to eight months in the making. But it was right. like it was scheduled sometime last year, 
and then one guy couldn't make it. And then the next month, the other guy couldn't make it for whatever reasons, always something coming up, you know, just life got in the way, whatever it was. And now we're finally going to see the two big men, Cyrus the Destroyer and the Priest of Punishment, Judas, go one-on-one. And these were two guys that were in that championship match last month and or at the last show rather and they ended up fighting their way out of the arena out uh, into the back we thought we didn't even know we we're like are they did they make it outside they, i had no idea i never I, saw them. i checked the uh, cherokee county uh, police arrest reports just to see if like anybody <laughs> if you know if they got arrested outside if they were in downtown canton uh whatever I, but the I didn't that tried to arrest either one of those guys yeah, yeah good luck <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So I don't. That's just, so you think they're going to keep it in the ring this time? I I Not. don't know. I don't know. I but I mean, <clears throat> whatever they do, I hope the ring is reinforced, just like last month. I hope it was reinforced because you got two guys that size going uh, going at it. It's like two big bulls. I mean, if you're in the crowd, I suggest that you stay light on your feet because you never know. Yeah, absolutely. So. Those are uh, the three big matches announced this week, uh, in addition to the previous two that we already knew. So that's five right there. I know there's going to be a, a couple more probably announced in the next week or so. So keep an eye out on SHW's social media pages for all the uh, announcements and, of course, everything SHW. Hey, by the way, don't forget, I believe it started this past Wednesday, and it goes mm -hmm. through Monday. It's the uh, Pro Wrestling Tees Memorial Day sale where you can pick up some, uh, take advantage of it and get 20% off on your SHW pod merchandise, which I'm not wearing, so I can't show it to you. I'm not either. I just I'm going to, you know what? I'm putting the graphic right here. <laughs> so yeah, check it out. Use the code it's Memorial, so Memorial 22. Use that code when you check out and get 20% off the SHW merch while you can take advantage. And of hey, if it takes too long to get it, just call up the savior and see him pick it up for you. That's He's right. In That's right. David's in <laughs> Chicago now, so he can go and pick it up so you don't have to get it shipped. And then when he comes back, which the thing yeah. is, though, we don't Who know. Who knows when that's going to be? <laughs> I don't know what will be quicker, though. No, it's um, coming in a somewhat of a timely fashion, but it is what it is. But, is. yeah, don't let that stop you. Go get those no. T-shirts. And uh, But, hey, um, I guess it's going to wrap us up. Now, again, we didn't really touch on it too much other than we said Gunner was taking GB's place. But GB uh, is uh, taking a vacation week this week, and we hope he's having a good time and uh, having some good family time. But we hope to see him back here next week. And uh, we hope to see all of you back here next week when we return for another great episode of the SHW Podcast. I don't know how we, how are we going to end this because I've never done you're, it this way. You're going to do your part and his part. How about that? Oh, no. How about you do your old part and I'll just do this Oh, part. that works too. <laughs> Let's just do that. Hey, uh, we'll see you guys next week. But in the meantime, this has been SHW. This is our wrestling. This is how he does it. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Maybe he'll be proud. <laughs>